Now we're standing here in the woods, soaking through, and for what? Don't you want to get to the camp before dark? I ain't the this one. This ain't who's helping stopped. anything. But you, you are the one who made me stop. Irregardless, we could just as easy carry on like this while we're walking. Oh. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's, it's okay, you can just do it. It's just, just say Internet Airwaves, it sounds really cool. Alright, sorry, I'm just... Internet Airwaves. Okay then, please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, your host, Mark Scalia. And you are listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. This is your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless, and we are very happy to have you. I find myself saying we a lot when it comes to the show, which is kind of freaky, because it's just me. I don't get it most of the time. But it's so good to have everybody here. It's so good to be back after our one year, our brand new, our one year anniversary show. We made it. They haven't shut us down yet. This is wonderful. Um, <laughs> they haven't caught me. The FCC doesn't want me yet. And Big Brother doesn't want me. And the FBI and NSA and all that crap. But apparently, if I had uh, nudie pictures, then everybody wants me. What the fuck? <laughs> Unbelievable. And, you know, speaking of that, let's not waste a whole hell of a lot of time. What do you say we just get right into the happening now monologue, ladies and gentlemen? Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. It's right now. That's the happening now monologue. And uh, since it is very topical, and, and I'm actually, uh, since we just celebrated our one-year anniversary, as I said, um... I'm thinking about uh, changing up the format, <laughs> the format again, um, doing a tighter show. I know the show started out very differently and with, uh, you know, kind of free flow and stuff like that, which I want to keep the free flow because that's the fun part. That's the part I love the most about the show, the creativity and the fun and the, and the jokes and stuff like that. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to change the format up a little bit so it's a little tighter. And because uh, I know people have approached me and say, hey, can we listen to your podcast? It's not a podcast. It's live internet radio. The archived shows are now going to be in a podcast form. So I can't really fight that. Um, but uh, oh, I had a senior moment because I was talking and I forgot what I was going to say. I know what it was. Uh, so I'm going to change up the format. So I'm going to make the intros a little tighter and everything else and stuff like that. So uh, topical stuff. Um, the big hack, uh, super hack. Um, apparently anybody's got an iPhone and a naked picture, uh, the internet loves you. Uh, and a lot of pictures, uh, what did I say? So nude pics? No, no, I don't have any nude pics, but there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of jokes going around the internet about, um, maybe you shouldn't, uh, uh, open the Steven Zagal pictures and things like that. But I've seen the Jennifer Lawrence pictures, um, through Facebook, which is weird. 
because I thought everybody had a cease and desist. Um, and then that English actress or the model, whatever her name, she's there. And uh, what's her name? Anna, Anna Red, Annabella Grande or whatever, Ariana Grande. She says those pictures are fake. And, and apparently, here's the thing. You know the gymnast with that quirky smile? Uh, the not impressed smile. I forget the gymnast name. But she is under 18. And, or maybe not now, but when the pictures were taken, <laughs> she was under 18. So those pictures are floating around. So now they're looking at whoever did it is now looking at um, child pornography kind of charges. And I'm like, unbelievable. And if you are, you know, not to say that any of my listeners are, but just as a comedy thing, if anybody was into child pornography, Yesterday would have been like the fantasy football league day. It just totally would have been. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Whatever. It's a joke. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, this is what happens when regular price. The cops can't do anything, so it happens to actresses. I don't. I don't know what that. Jason's on a rant. He's starting to rant already. Um, but I'm going to continue with the opening now monologue. So the um, internet naked pictures kind of thing, stuff like that. And everybody's kind of well, you know, uh, we have to we have hard time security, and people are blaming the actresses. And then one guy actually said, "No," he goes, he basically said that it's like wearing a skirt and getting raped. And I'm like, it's not even close. It's not even close to the same thing. I mean, it's like. If you have a, wall, a wallet full of money and you walk through a rough neighborhood and you get robbed and they steal your money, well, that's not your fault, but you knew enough not to carry a lot of money through a dangerous neighborhood. And these are actresses. I mean, I don't put, if I were, like, I'm not gun, not like I'm like the, you know, but if you're always jacked up or whatever, I still wouldn't have pictures like that on my phone. Never. You leave them where they are on the internet. And there's plenty of porn on the internet. We don't need more porn and cat videos is all the internet is for. It's just this huge database stuff. So my thing has been, if you're a famous actor or actress and you know your privacy is something you want to keep, that, that doesn't even make it, it doesn't even make sense that you would have that stuff in your phone. Anyway, that's just one piece of it. So now we're going to talk about me. It's about me. That's what it is. Um, fall is coming and it's, uh, it, it, you would think it wouldn't, but it's, yeah, don't take the pictures in a fit. Well, you can take the pictures. I don't have a problem with people taking pictures of themselves, selfies and nudies, and if your privacy with your significant other or your insignificant other, whatever it is, take the pictures if you want. Just don't sink your phone to the fucking cloud. I mean, Jason Siegel and Cameron Diaz made a terrible movie about that, which is exactly true. I disconnect. My phone is not connected um, through my Google. I have an Android phone, so I don't connect you know, that way. I just don't, it, you, you know, and people are like, oh yeah, iCloud, fuck it, iCloud. And I'm like, I want to see my pictures and everything. No, you don't. So anyway, um, but as I was saying, the fall is here. Technically it is. Um, after Labor Day to me is fall and summer is like one last hurrah, super hot, muggy, which is good because I remember a lot of shows I was talking about the snow and the cold and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy the heat. Um, but the fall, um, given that it is the fall. The fall is actually picking up. I'm very busy in, in September and October, uh, and things are really going good. And my one-man show is coming together, and I got a promo for it I'm going to play uh, during this uh, for uh, for in Salem. Uh, 
And then, of course, you know, Christmas is upcoming. So Scrooge on the trolley is going to be happening again, which I'm really psyched about that. Uh, it, it's so fun to do. It's fun to be somebody else for a little while. Not like I don't really enjoy being me, but it's really fun to play other people. Um, and then, of course, in January, I'm calling it Canadian January because <laughs> I'm going to be up there for a little bit. Um, so I'm looking forward to the work that's kind of being generated and I'm in a good place and stuff like that. And I actually had this conversation uh, with my wife today about doing a Radio Irregardless Facebook page because right now it's just a group and most of you who are listening via Mixler uh, uh, are on the Facebook group. And if you're listening through my website, well, thank you for both the, uh, both the listening avenues. Uh, but most of you are actually part of the Facebook, uh, the Radio Irregardless Facebook group. And um, the only problem with that is that only people who are in the group know what's going on, as opposed to it, it was a, a page and I can let everybody know. So I think that's the next step to move Radio Irregardless into a, a bigger kind of thing. And, and finally, last thing in the monologue, big thing. Um, we, uh, when I say we, <laughs> me, me, actually my wife has actually assisted me quite a bit on this, um, about... Uh, Three, four months ago, I came up with an idea, uh, or I was just sitting there and I went, you know, I just, I want to enjoy comedy more and I want to have other people enjoy comedy more the way I, the way I enjoy it. And the Boston Comedy Festival's coming up um, in a couple months. And I was thinking, how many festivals have I been to? And I'm like, you know, I wish, I wish comedy would work in Salem, um, which it kind of does, but it works on a very infrequent kind of thing. And I thought, you know, I'm from Salem. My wife's got a lot of connections in Salem. People know me. Why not have a Salem Comedy Festival? And I am in the process. Uh, the website has been bought and all that. Uh, we're in talks with the city, and the city's pretty much on board for it. And uh, it's actually going to happen in 2015. So just about a year from this time, uh, we're going to be doing the Salem Comedy Festival festival so it's going to be fun and we're going to have uh you know stand-ups hopefully from all over the country and it's not a competition it's just a bunch of people getting together having a good time the way that i kind of would like a festival run it's not going to step on anybody's toes it's not going to you know rub any the wrong way hopefully hopefully people won't be like oh you can't do that so it's like you know just lighten up so i could either put a giant target on my back or a giant S on my chest. So it's either way. So that's what's happening in the Happening Now monologue. And I did want to mention this because it's a very serious thing. And then I'll go right back into the comedy, I swear to God. There's a lot of things happening internationally um, with the terrorist organization. Um, and I'm not even going to mention the name because I can't stand them. Um, all about the stuff that's going on in Russia and the Ukraine and Chechnya and all this stuff. And people are losing their fucking minds. So if I can just put it out there, have fun, stop it. Just fucking stop it. Really stop it. Come on. You don't have to be a capitalist to enjoy life. Just fucking stop it, guys. Seriously. What? I mean, come on. Let's, let's move it along. All right. Can we do that? I'll tell you what, if there's any terrorists listening right now, I want to play something for you called This Week in Movie History. Let's play. Yeah, how could you be upset after hearing that? 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's play. Uh, actually, it's not really a game. I just kind of uh, tell you about this week in movie history where I go through past, present, and future um, all kinds of things that have happened in the movie timelines. So if, you, uh, if you're good, you actually can figure out these movies before I tell you. So here goes. In 19, this week in 1902... La Voyage d'Elle... Let's try it again. Again with the foreign stuff. <laughs> this week in 1902. La Voyage dans la Lune, A film made by, by Georges uh, George, premieres this week. See if you can guess it. You were an actress. A real cinema actress. It's impossibly romantic. Remote. It wasn't like that. We want movie stars like they have today. We did have fun. Anyone? Nothing? <laughs> it's the movie Hugo, and that came out, well, it didn't come out in 1902, but that's the 1902 timeline. In 1965, Sam Shutsky run away, runs away from his khaki scout troop. See if you know that movie. Who's missing? Shukuski, you in there? Shukuski, sorry, wrong one. Jimmy <laughs> Cricket, he flew the coop. <laughs> you want to guess that movie? No? Nothing? That would be Moonrise Kingdom in uh, 1965. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to break this up a little bit. There's a lot of stuff happening on the chat line, so I'm going to get back to them. Oh, um, you're going on for the screwed stuff, and then Shelley Coleman... Scott's roommate from Northwestern with ladies in comedy contest in New York wants to meet me. Really? Okay, get in line. Who did? <laughs> anyway, my thing is not moving fast enough. Anyway, uh, so going back to the um, this week in movie history in 1970, Doctor Manhattan falls in love with Lori during a meeting in New York. Janie accuses me of chasing jail bait. She bursts into angry tears, asking if it's because she's getting older. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, that was from the movie The Watchmen. Uh, this week in movie history, 1981, Chris Gardner receives a severe tax demand in San Francisco. Did you pay the taxes? No, I'm after uh, file extension. You already filed an extension. Yeah, well, I gotta file another one. That's it's six hundred fifty dollars. I'll have it in the next month. That means interest, right? And a penalty. Yeah, a little bit. Well, won't you let me do this? All right, just relax, okay? Come on, calm down. I have to go back to work. Wow, she's kind of pissed. Anyone get that movie? That was uh, Will Smith, by the way. That was the pursuit of happiness. Happiness with a Y. Or as the French pronounce it, a penis. Uh, <laughs> this week. Uh, I'm going to tie all this stuff in together in about 10 minutes. Trust me. And you guys going to be like, really? I didn't think these are random, just random isotopes all of a sudden. No, I'm putting them together, making a huge fucking brownie that you're even going to know. Um this week in hit movie history, 1991, Harry, speaking of starting school, starts his first day at Hogwarts. Hogwarts. I'll be writing to you. <sighs> Mr. Potter. <laughs> that was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And I looked it up. 
It's philosophers. I looked at the philosopher. I didn't know it was philosopher. I thought it was the Sorcerer's Stone, um, but that's a different movie. <laughs> anyway, this week in movie history, in uh, 1992, Marine PFC, Private First Class, William Santiago is murdered in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. If you gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, and your orders are always followed, and why would Santiago be in danger? Why would it be necessary That's to transfer right. him off the base? Yes, it's a few good men, it really is. Uh, and that movie, I actually just sit through a bunch of clips in that, and I was like, Jesus, man, was that movie good. And even though it had Tom Cruise and Demi Moore in it, it was still good. Uh, <laughs> this week in movie history, and I don't think any of my listeners are going to get this, maybe, maybe, because Brendan is not currently on, but he's the big... He's the big uh, geek, so to speak. Um, in 2003, Livia Saint's car receives a parking ticket in Tampa, Florida. Mr. Saint, how do you want me to pay for this? Pay for what? I was detailing Mrs. Saint's car and I found this ticket. Just take care of it. Where was it? The Wyndham Hotel. What's that date? September 5th, last Thursday. Where did you say Quentin was last Thursday? The Wyndham Hotel? But Mrs. Saint was at the movies last Thursday. I mean, wasn't she? Wasn't she? <gasps> it w uh, yes, it was John Travolta actually speaking. He played, uh, uh, I forget his first name, but he played Mr. Saint. And the man speaking was actually in Ocean's Eleven. He was the geek who knew all the tech stuff. And they're talking about his wife who is dating... Um, well, not dating, but he set them all up. So that's from the movie The Punisher, the good one, uh, not the other one, <laughs> and not the old one, Dolph Lundgren, which was, uh, dare I say, terrible. It was terrible. So that's this week in movie history. So ladies and gentlemen, um, since we did not play, actually we played a little bit of games with the audience last week, but before I bring my guest in, um, there's a certain someone who actually wanted to get back on air. And you guys may or may not know, and I'm glad we got a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, uh, not irregular, not irregulars, we have irregular guests. Instead of regular guests, we have irregular guests. We have that too. <laughs> but we have some people that we actually haven't played the game before, because this gentleman has not actually been on this uh, radio regardless for a little bit, for at least a few months, and with good reason, because every time he's on, he scares the shit out of people. And that's why I don't let him on. And if I let him on now, that means he won't be on in October, which is good, because October is a scary month, as you all probably know. Um, but um, and since school did start for a lot of people today, I uh, and this is the setup I do every time I play this. I was not, I liked school. I really did, but I liked math and science. And I was not a big English guy. Um, I'm, I'm much better at it now, or at least I enjoy it more than I did. But I hated word problems. They combined English and math, and I couldn't stand it. And um, they terrified me. So I actually asked uh, Jigsaw from the movie Saws to um, recite word problems and he's not really working that much anymore so he was happy and, and you know and you do not want to get a voicemail from this dude it freaks you just a voicemail you know it's like hello i haven't talked to you in a while you know it's very it's so fucking freaky so i actually spoke with him and uh we are 
we are back in business. And I'm going to play this with you guys. This is word Jigsaw's word problem, where if you've ever listened, yes, the word problem game, if you've ever saw the movie Saw, he actually has you solve this problem, but doesn't really give you enough time to do it. Um, this whole segment is like three minutes. And he's there's only three. I actually convinced him to not do five. He's only doing three. And he's only doing three today. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's play Jigsaw's Word Problems. Hello. I want to play a game. This is a word game. And you're going to play whether you want to or not. Live or die. The choice is yours. All right, now he's taking it way too seriously. Example one. All right, here we go. Bob's car gets 10 kilometers per gallon. How far can he drive on 10 gallons of gas? All right, so Bob's car gets 10 kilometers per gallon. Uh, he can. How far can he drive on 10 gallons? Pretty easy, right? Example two. Nobody wrote it down? This guy's going to kill me. There you go. He can drive. Yes. There you go. Each cup contains eight ounces of juice. Okay. Each cup has eight ounces of juice. If there are 33 students, how many ounces are there? Okay. Each student has a cup. Each cup is eight ounces. There are 33 students. How many ounces? Please. (laughs) Figure it out. three. Nope. Please. Okay. Mrs. Randolph had a will that said each of her great-grandchildren living in Georgia will receive $700 more than each of her great-grandchildren living in Florida. $206,100 was divided between 36 great-grandchildren. The Georgian grandchildren decided that their will wasn't fair. <laughs> so they each contributed $175 to be divided among the Florida great-grandchildren. Okay. <laughs> if all the great-grandchildren now have an equal share, how many great-grandchildren live in Georgia? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe somebody can figure that out for me. She had a will. She had a bunch of kids, uh, grandchildren. I know, you know what? I know. Fuck you, Jigsaw. He's insane, this dude. No, but there's, there's $206,000 to be divided up into 36 children at 175. Yeah, fucking slide rule. Oh, shit. Nobody, <laughs> nobody got the answer to that one. <laughs> Forty-two. No, no, that's uh, that's the number of uh, the <laughs> Brooklyn Dodger. Um, or is that forty-one? No, there's forty-one and forty-two. <laughs> no, it's a. Uh, it's actually pretty easy when you think about. It. <laughs> no, it's a. Uh, it's completely complicated. 
it's just for you, yeah, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Um, but yeah, the answer was actually 27, I think. 27 great-grandchildren from Georgia. I would have been fine if the kids didn't put the extra fucking money in there. That's my whole thing. So that is uh, Jigsaw's work problems. And uh, if you started your first day at school today, um, what the fuck are you doing up this late? You got to, It's school day. So, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I am actually going to be welcoming um, my guest. Now, you might have, if you turned in, tuned in a little earlier, you might have heard a, a song that I was playing. I, I decided to play a little bit of a bumper song before the actual show, which uh, will be cut out from uh, from the actual broadcast. You can still listen to it. But it was Send Me On My Way by the Not Too Sharp Acapella Group, which is out of the UNH, uh, the University of New Hampshire. And uh, you might have noticed the name of tonight's show, Let's Laugh, Let's Laugh, the New Hampshire Blay, um, because uh, I'm coming to the broadcast after the break will be Doug Blay, comic out of New Hampshire, and I've got a lot of interesting stuff to tell you about him, and I'm sure that he has even more interesting stuff to tell you. We will be right back in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Radio Regardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. We'll be right back. Coming to Salem this October. His visions outrageous. His predictions outlandish. His knowledge of the future is both ridiculous and benign. He is the world-renowned psychic. He is the hysterical medium at large, Charlatan. Appearing October 9th, 16th, 23rd, and 30th. Just go to gallowshillsalem.com and click the psychic show link. You listen to radio irregardless. Irregardless is even a word, which means this is even a show, which means you are just in the black hole of nothingness. What are you doing? Wake up. Look around you people. Stop listening to this program. It's not giving you any advantages in the world except maybe a few laughs. Enjoy. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. We're back at Radio Irregardless. Every time I do like, and hey, we're back. I'm like, we don't fucking went anywhere. I didn't go anywhere. I'm just sitting in the chair. You didn't go anywhere. You're still there. Why are we back? Um, we're just back from break. That's all it is. And joining me on the phone, uh, as the aforementioned, very, very funny comedian, Mr. Doug Bly. Doug, say hi to my listening audience, if you would. Hey, hi, listening audience. Oh, and I, I said it Bly. It has to be interesting. I always say, you know, and that's my thing. I've been saying Bly for a while because I see it and I misspeak. It is Blay. It is Blay. To Blay. Yes, to Blay. <laughs> That's to Blave, actually, from the movie Princess Bride, because I looked it up and I was going to use that promo to, oh, to, nice. to introduce you, but it's not. So um, you are actually uh, a comic out of New Hampshire. I am. And I'm out of New Hampshire. And you're from New Hampshire originally, correct? I did. I grew up in northern New Hampshire, and I live in southern New Hampshire now. Oh, see, I was doing some research, and I don't want to take too much away from your segment, but I yeah. actually, and I'm going to put your uh, information in the chat as well, but I actually did some re- Do you know what your name? You, you are French, correct? By uh, yes. nationality? I did not know that. Blay uh, is actually, there's a French pronunciation called Bly, which is a co- which is a commune in the Calaverdos department in the 
in the Bassi or the base. It's a Normandy, right. the Normandy region of northwestern France. That's a whole. That's a town. So I'm named after a town. Yeah, like nice. like Corleone. Like he took the name Corleone. <laughs> so that's nice. nice. So that's uh, that's one bit of information. And I want to put this in now so I can double time it. Boom, there we go. And the other thing I actually uh, did some research, and I don't know if you're related, um, but your name actually means uh, it means bleach. The, oh, nice. It's And the urban, I don't know if you, it's because I look it up everything. The urban dictionary says your name is to fuck something up horribly. Did you know uh, well, that? Well, that, that would be appropriate. That w- <laughs> <laughs> Especially my comedy act. No. There you go. <laughs> and one more piece of information. I don't know, because I was going to ask if you were related to it. Do you have a, uh, an, an ancestor called Ruth Blay? I, I do. And she has quite the past. Yeah. And now I'll tell you what. I know I actually did research on her. I didn't know that. But if you would explain that to the to the lovely listening audience, which is a, a very fascinating story. Well, ba- well basically, the, the only part I really know about her is she she was the last woman executed in the state of New Hampshire. Yes. That is her. That was her claim to fame. Yes. She was uh, she was the last female executed um, by hanging. Yeah, she she was hung, and I spelled hang wrong. I don't know. I spelled fucking <laughs> hang wrong. Um, she was convicted of concealing the body of her illegitimate child in the floor of the barn next door to her house. Oh, nice. So she had an illegitimate child, and apparently the baby was born. It was stillborn when it was born, and it was a crime. It was punishable by death to actually uh, not to kill children, but to dispose of their bodies or something like that. I don't know what the actual thing is but and she was granted here's the thing she was granted three reprieves before she was hung and the and and she was actually the last reprieve that would have actually found her not guilty the sheriff did not want and this is the story the sheriff did not want to be late for dinner so he said let's just hang her oh nice she was still (laughs) swinging when the when the cart came up and they had the uh uh the judge the judge actually um uh, uh, not found her innocent. What's that? What's it called? Uh, uh, what's it called when the judge says uh, you're not, you don't have to be killed? <laughs> I oh, it's like like a stay. pardon, a pardon. Yeah, yeah stay. Pardon, yeah. There was a stay of execu- edu- edu- uh, uh, execution, but because the sheriff didn't want to be late for dinner, he hung her anyway. So there you go. <laughs> well, but when I, you got to eat, you got to eat. Yeah, <laughs> you got things to do. And 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 in the, in the rest of the story said, oh my god, oh you would think that this guy would have been you know, uh, yeah, um, uh, kismet or you know karma would have got him, but he died of old age, rich, fat, and in bed. <laughs> so proof positive, karma is not real. No, it's not real. So that's I didn't know you were related to that's and that happened December thirtieth, seventeen sixty eight. Yeah, that was a while ago. Like 250 <laughs> years ago. Oh, my God. So so now the history lesson's over. Now tell us about your personal history, about you being a stand-up. How long have you been doing it? Where do you play? And and um, tell the, tell the listener on it's all about you. Sure. Like, I, well, I've been doing comedy for uh, about five years. I uh, started here in New Hampshire, started up in um, Manchester, up in that scene. And uh, uh, since then... The past few years, it's sort of taken off. I go all over, um, all over New England, play for all the big bookers. So I'm in Boston at Doherty's Club, and I'm in New Hampshire at Headliners, and um, I go down to comics, and so kind of all the big clubs. I don't travel much because I still do have a day job, 
Um, but I've done, I've been lucky and got to do some, some of the festivals and things. I went to Wilmington last year and I've, I've yeah. gone to some other places for that, which is nice. What, what do you, what do you do during the day? I'm a teacher actually. So I like, I was into the word problems. <laughs> the threat of death was not good though. No. It was, it was a little frightening. It, that's how I used to read them. And I, that's the way I felt. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to torture everybody else. And what, <laughs> what, uh, what grade do you teach? Um, I teach third grade. Oh, are they problematic little pills? No, they're good because I'm in a K to three school, so it's like very little kids. They, oh. <laughs> they're happy to be there. They've been <laughs> they've been V chipped and tranquil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, you don't like, have to be afraid of them. <laughs> so you've only been doing stand up five years. Wow! It seems I'll tell you, Doug. We've worked together a whole bunch of times, and it seems like you've been doing it longer. I don't, I don't, it seems to me like I've been doing it longer. I don't mean that in a, you know, years ago, oh my God, I've been doing comedy three years. Really? It seems yeah. longer. No, it's not that kind of seems longer. <laughs> like, it really? just, you, you seem very uh, polished for five years. That's what I'm actually saying. Yeah. I, well, I think, well, I've been fortunate. Like I, I, I hit, I was lucky to have a good 15 minutes right away. So I got into clubs pretty fast. I got to work pretty fast. Mm. So I think, when you get to be in like front of live audiences that are actually there to hear comedy, it kind of develops a little bit faster. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not spending all those years doing those the open mics forever. Well, there's a ton of new open mics. I, I have actually had this conversation a couple times with the past few comics, and there's all these open mics and showcase nights all all over the place now. It's it's like yeah. there's a room everywhere doing stand up. Yeah, it's it's amazing right now. When I started, it didn't seem like it seemed like you had to work harder to get on stage. Oh, you did. Yeah, five years ago there were hardly anything, and now, especially in New Hampshire, like I was in, uh, I was I was in Nashua. I was in Nashua last Thursday for. Uh, Oh, what's the name of that room? I completely forgot the name of the room. Um, Fodies, maybe. Uh, no, I'm I'm actually gonna be in Fodies next uh, next weekend. Uh, I was in the Halligan Tavern. In, oh, that's a great room in Derry. Yeah, oh my God, it was packed. It was it was in Derry. It was packed, and I was like, "This is insane." I mean, it's like a weekend room, and oh yeah, it's amazing. And like Mondays and Tuesdays, and like the whole week is like insane. And do, are you playing a lot? Of, are you trying to get on those rooms, or are you just you just work on the weekends? Uh, I tend to work the weekends because of the fact that I have to be up in the morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I probably should be a little fresh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I still do go out to the open mics and the showcases. Usually, I, I'm fortunate that I get to be a little more selective. Because um, there still are those rooms where you go to and there's one or two people or, you know, it's six comics. And, yeah. Um, you can't do a lot in those situations. It's a nice place just to say stuff and get it out there, I guess. But um, <laughs> you really can't work on material. In those, right. And like that. Right. There's just a, you know, and especially in, in, in and you're out of, uh, what town in New Hampshire? You're in Manchester? Uh, uh, well, I live in Raymond, so it's a little bit south oh, gotcha. of Manchester. Yeah, and uh, there's another room in uh, in Rochester that I was just at the Radoff Cigar Lounge. Uh, Jay Grove books that. And that, oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. what a fun room. Have you been on that room? That is a great room. It's a, it's a great Sunday night show. The yeah. people. Uh, I love it because they're all right there. It's it's like being in somebody's kitchen almost because it's so yeah. tight in there. <laughs> so, and, then, and they're smoking, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, you don't smoke cigars, do you? I don't. I do like the smell, but yeah. I don't smoke them. 
Yeah, I was smoking up a storm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and Jay Grove were like smoking. And then we did his little video podcast. He's trying to do a video podcast and it was god awful because there was this guy who was like off the street, just come in, bought a cigar. He was like putting his hand in front of the camera and everything. <laughs> So uh, yeah, we, that, that kills the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so we, you and I, just worked together. Uh, what was that room in New Hampshire? Was it Hampton? The Hampton something? Oh God! When was the last time we worked together? Let me oh, think. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was like a Thursday night. Let me look. It was at. Uh, oh, um, we worked at yeah. It was in Hampton at the Old Salt. The old salt. That's right. The and salt, you yeah. did an unbelievable job, man. You have, you made my life very difficult that night. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, it's always good when the feature does that. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you came right in, and I'm like, boom, 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 and I was like, my God, and you just lit them up so well. And I know a lot of guys are like, oh no, 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 you know, I don't like that. But no, man, I like it. I like it when everybody in front of me does really well. Like yeah, nice, nice, you know, progressive stuff. And again, at yeah, five years, you're yeah. just you're you're fucking better than five years. That's crazy shit. You're lying to oh, me. Oh, thanks. You're lying to me. No, not lying. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah well, that's a great room too because it's all like people that just want to laugh. Yeah, which makes it easier. Yeah. So, um, so where you uh, now? Where you've been doing it five years? Have you uh, have you hit that? That kind of because I remember hitting like the quasi wall where everything you were doing you don't love anymore, and then you go into it and then you rewrite your jokes and stuff. Have you re, have you reinvented yourself uh, in the five yeah. years? I I I definitely am at that point where it's like I've said a lot of the stuff I've said a lot at this point. Um, I'm right at the point where I'm trying to decide like, do I want to? how I want to rewrite stuff or how I want to start over. Mm. Um, you know, cause I don't know, like I, I hear a lot of people that just say, I'm going to throw everything away and start <laughs> over completely, which seems crazy to me. Mm. Um, and then there's the people, you know, that just do one joke at a time. And so I think I'm trying to wrap my head around that a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially cause I, you know, as a feature comic and I close out rooms, you have to do, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. So, it's a little, it's a little daunting to think about starting over. <laughs> yeah, well, to... even for me, I mean, I've got, I got a ton of shit, and I'm like, I don't want to throw anything out. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm always trying to write. I mean, especially when I go up to the, the newer rooms, um, always trying to get new jokes out there or work in new bits and then how have them re reintegrate and stuff like that. But it's so tough. It's it's I don't know how people like Louis C.K. throws all his shit out once a year. And I'm like, I like my stuff. I got clothes that I've owned for seven, eight years. <laughs> exactly. The shoes yeah. I own are six years old. I'm not throwing them out. I love them. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I love my material. I, I think, like, some of the stuff that I do, like, I do try to, like, every once in a while go and try a joke in a different way and see if it changes it or makes it fresher. Mm. So, you know, uh, that, that is some of the stuff I'm focusing on is just trying to sort of retell some things. Um, you know, and I do one-liners, too, which is tough. I'm not really a storyteller. So I think when you do one-liners, <laughs> it's tough to throw them out, right? Because it takes a long time to right. At least, at up. least if you have a story, you can write a whole new story to fill up the space that you threw you the know, other one out. Five minutes or something, yeah. And it's in. And speaking of of changing your act and stuff like it, you actually, when I first met you, you were literally a different person. I was. I was. I was probably. I was. 
about twice my size, I think. Yeah, and every and, and then I I think I saw you in the first I don't know a couple of years, and uh, then I didn't see you for almost a year, and then all yep. of a sudden I was like, who? I go, <laughs> you're on stage, and I go, who the fuck's that guy? They go, oh, that's Doug. I go, Doug who? <laughs> I go, it's Doug Blay. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, hey, now. Yes. Hey. And it's tough. I mean, I've been trying to lose. Well, I haven't been actively trying to lose weight. I've just been saying I'm trying to lose weight, which is much different. But you actually <laughs> did it. Now, how did you do it? Did you run? It was a was it? I know it was I, eating or. I, yeah, I did. Like I lost um, a total of about 125 pounds, um, and I started out with a personal trainer because I didn't know how to do it. Um, like I knew how to lose weight, but I like you know, eat less, exercise more, but mm-hmm. I needed somebody there to like make me do it. Um, and I started running, I'm running a marathon next month. And I like, honestly, I stopped eating and drinking at clubs because clubs would give me food or, you know, sometimes they pay us, pay us in food when you're starting out. And, <laughs> you know, so I could be eating like, you know, six fries, six like plates of fries and a pizza at two in the morning. Yeah. Um, which wasn't probably the best thing to do. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. So, yeah, a lot of running. So it's just running. Now, what marathon have you got coming up? Um, October 5th, I'm running the New Hampshire Marathon. It, it goes around um, Newfound Lake up in Bristol. Oh, wow. Isn't And that's a full marathon? It's a full marathon. Oh, my 26.2. God. 26.2. What the fuck? Yeah, that's, it's kind of crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, I would, I can't. God bless you because I can't. I wouldn't even think about doing that. You know, some as as a matter of fact, I'm I'm out of I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my next break. I'm gonna do there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go to break. And when we come back, Doug, when I come back from break after I catch my breath, um, we are going to play a game. So I hope you're up to it because my listeners are ruthless. And uh, maybe you're good in the movies. Maybe you're not. But we'll see. What, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, So we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. We'll be right back. This is Ebenezer Scrooge. And if you're visiting Salem this holiday season, then come in and see me and Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, presented by the Salem Trolley and the Griffin Theater. This humorous interactive performance reanimates the Dickens classic. Experience a Christmas carol with a twist on the Salem trolley as the holiday tale is brought to life. Tickets are on sale now. Go to SalemTrolley.com and click the special tours link. This is Ebenezer Scrooge wishing you all a humbug. Irregardless 2517. For the path of the radio listener is beset on all sides by the inequities of the pop stars and the ridiculousness of the talkies. Listen to Radio Irregardless with your host, Mark Scalia, or he will lay his vengeance upon thee. I've learned a lot doing comedy. Like, I did a show recently for mostly women, and all of them were putting coasters over their drinks, and I had never seen that before. So I was talking to them after the show. I was like, why are you guys doing that? Why are you putting coasters over your drinks? And they're like, well, you know, Doug, if you put a coaster over your drink, it means you won't get roofied. (laughs) And, like, in that moment, you guys, like, I was so excited to find out in this world where there are men that will roofie women to take advantage of them, that they still have enough morals to know that that little piece of paper means no. He's all like, I want to get with her. Oh, coaster. 
That would be crossing a moral line. That would make it bad. And she's like, you know, Doug, you should really put a coaster over your drink, too, so you don't get roofied. And I'm like, if there is somebody so desperate for a little something-something in the city of Boston, they're going to roofie this, I am just going to let them have it. Because that is some desperation, people, and I am a giver. You are back at Radio Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And that was a segment of uh, Doug Blaze Act uh, from the Steve Katzo Show, which I have yet to be on that fucking show. Um, but it's it, it looks like it's so much fun. Everybody who does it, like, totally loves it. It's a great time. Uh, you, only, you can't swear, which is which is a nightmare. Yeah, well, <laughs> not for, <laughs> for even even for you, really. You, you're a, you're a clean act. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a clean actor. Sometimes, like you never know on TV, clean TV cleans a very different clean. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I can't do my jokes about a big vagina. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what happens. All right, Doug. Here's what we got. Um, you are about to play against um, my uh, listening audience, and if there's listening audience on my website, they cannot actually actively play. But you are playing against one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, nine of my regular listeners, and uh, let's see, two, four, six, seven of my regular listeners, and eight. A guest, special guest, wants to be re- remain anonymous just in case, but that's fine. So, uh, but because you and I are talking on a cell phone, we're actually a quick conversation. So everything I say, you hear instantly. Everything you say, I hear instantly. But my listening audience may be at an internet delay based on their server and based on how I put my signal out. So you might have anywhere from a three to an eight second head start on a lot of these. So... But that being said, there's only five, and you've got to get three. Keep what? Keep up with the yucks. I just got off the phone call with a fellow Connor reacting to the fact that it appears we have to buy flood insurance. Oh, poor Ron. He's got to buy flood insurance. Oh, that that's a Okay, that's a weird segue, Ron, but that's fine. Just interrupt the show with your little... <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that you have to buy flood insurance. I don't know if it was going to rain. But anyway, so we are going to play a game called Are You Threatening Me? Are you threatening me? <laughs> yes, where I play a clip from a movie of somebody threatening somebody else, and you, in fact, have to guess the movie. Not the character, not the actor, just the movie. And uh, you are one versus eight, as I said before. So are you ready, Doug? I am ready. All right, here we go. Here's your first one. It's a fairly long one. Good luck. The price right. you pay for bringing up either my Chinese or American heritage as a negative is. And if you know it, just yell it out. your fucking head. Just like this fucker here. Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now oh, the God. fucking time! Oh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, what's that called? It's what? Uh, well, you actually lost because Kim Santo got it right with Kill Bill Volume uh, 1. And so, to, yeah, now everybody's writing in Kill Bill. So, Doug, you get this. That ain't right. No, that ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. But Kim gets at this. I bet you do all kinds of right. Kim got it right. So you are down one. Oh, man. <laughs> right. I have a bad feeling about this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of my listeners over the course of a year has ever beaten the audience badly. Like oh, okay. like five to nothing. Um, but usually it's always this just barely making it or just barely losing it. So here we go. Here's the next one. Tricky one. Only three seconds. Go ahead. Make my day. That's a famous Dirty one. Harry. What is it? 
Dirty Harry? Nope, Dirty Harry is not the movie. Dirty Harry is oh, the character that nobody oh, ever gets the movie right. Go ahead. Make my day. Oh, what's the movie? Yeah. Uh, it's one of the Dirty Harry movies. Movies. Oh, man. But Dirty Harry was a very... Yeah. And nobody ever gets this. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's Dirty Harry. No, it's Dirty Harry saying it, which is Clint Eastwood. So, so far, nobody's nobody put it in yet. So, you can tell me if you know it. I don't know it. No, it's not. I'm honest, I can't it's, Google it. It's not, Magnum, <laughs> it's not Magnum Force either, Paul. Oh. It's not Magnum Force either. No. Oh, shit. I forgot it. Yeah. It's well, every. I'm thinking. I think I'm shutting out the, the one of the most famous quotes ever in movie history. Nobody fucking knows it. Now you know everybody's googling it. Everybody's googling it now. Everybody's googling it now. Yeah. yeah, it is. My brother got it right with sudden impact. When I'm right, I'm right, and when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. Ah, so that's you're down too, Doug. Oh, man. You're down, Come too. On. All right, here Come we go. On. Here's the third one. This is a fairly long one, too. Here we go. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. That was easy. It's so, easy? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Jackson. Oh, Kim, oh, Kim Santa. Kim's fast. Kim is unbelievably fast. It is Pulp Fiction. Oh. When I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> and when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. Wow, I've completely lost Dragon score. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Doug. I think this is going to be a shutout. It might be, but we'll see. Here we go. Try this one. <laughs> uh, listeners aren't that good. They won't get this one, but you will. I have faith. Listen, um, asshole. No, you listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish. <laughs> what the hell was that? I'll play it again. Listen, uh, asshole. No, you listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish. <laughs> oh, it's Saw. Saw. Oh, no, it's Scream. I scream. Uh, scream. Oh, I wrote that anyway. <laughs> cut you like a fish. There's actually uh, there's the scream thing, and then there's the Simpsons one. Which is it? I'm um, Simpsons. I love the Simpsons one when uh, when Mo when he calls up Mo. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah <laughs> I just cut that. You doing? I'll cut you like a fish. Oh that's. Oh, nice. That's the wrong one. That was Zoidberg. <laughs> that was Scream. And, of course, the last one, which no one's going to get. Actually, Kim might. Kim's really good. Oh, Kim will get it. She already wrote it. Yeah, she-, <laughs> <laughs> she already wrote it. This one's tough. It's seven seconds, and it's tough to get. Here we go. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. You All guess right, the Kim, act. What is it? What is it, Kim? You get the actor right away. It's Arnold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Movie. I'm not sure which movie that was. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not Total Recall. It is not Total Recall. And it is not, it's not any of the movies you think it is. Paul may get this one. Oh, let's see. I can't even think of an Arnold movie. Okay, I'll, I'm going to... Alien, gonna... Predator. W- no, he actually... Oh, it's Kindergarten Cop, yeah. No, it's not Cop. Kindergarten No, it's oh. not Kindergarten Cop. It's not Conan. I'll give you a hint. He's Twins? He's threatening oh. a guy called... I think his name is... um. Oh, 
Ron Olson got it right. It is the running man. He's threatening uh, Killian, who's played by Richard but I Dawson. I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I can play. That's, I'll tell you what, Doug, that's going to be my ringtone every time you call me. <laughs> that's what it should be. I'm to tell the kids tomorrow at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had Jeff uh, Keown uh, on last week, and he says he he does a, you know, he worked kind of a houseboy. He's a houseboy kind of guy. Um, he does, like, butlering and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. his ringtone every time he calls me is the Downton Abbey theme. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's like, you fucking asshole. I'm like, yeah, I don't care, dude. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a very quick, short break, and I'm going to tabulate the scores, which shouldn't take longer than the break, I would think. <laughs> That's not as hard as the word it's, problem. It's not going to be tough. So when we come back, uh, I'll give you the scores, and uh, we'll have one more one more little uh, segment with uh, with Doug Play. You are listening to Radio Irregardless. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or co-workers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. So, I, so I'm married. I've had one of those gay marriages people talk so much about. And people in Massachusetts are cool, but sometimes, sometimes people aren't cool with that. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. But I do want to let the people know that are against gay marriage, that us people in our gay marriages, we are just as unhappy as you people in your straight marriages. <laughs> just as unhappy. I'm not sure what we were fighting for. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I, sometimes people, too, get nervous. And sometimes, like, they, I, I just want enough people not to be nervous. Because, like, I'm a bad gay, you guys. I'm going to just get out there one more time. I'm bad gay because I call things gay. I'm like, this is gay. This is gay. This whole thing is a little gay. And we're not supposed to do that, you guys. We're really not. Like, I went to my very first gay pride in Boston last year, and I got out of the car, and the very first words out of my mouth were, this is pretty freaking gay. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, you guys. I'm gay, but I'm not angel wings and hot pants gay. It's a completely different level. That was Doug Blay. <laughs> that was Doug Blay uh, on the from the Steve Katzo show, talking about uh, gay marriage. And uh, we did not. I did not. Uh, I kind of outed you just now, which. <laughs> <laughs> That's my voice did that. <laughs> angel, angel wigs and hot pants gay. That's funny. <laughs> Kim, Kim loves that line. Uh, and how long have you been married, Doug? I got married in, uh, oh wait, so I've been married for what, six years now? Oh my God, God bless you. My uh, my wife's uh, one of my one of my wife's uh, best friends. Uh, um, he's he's uh, him and his partner. They got married. We were actually at their ceremony, and uh, he was nervous. And I was like, "You guys have been together for like almost twenty years." And he's like, <sighs> he's like breathing heavy. He's like, <laughs> it's like freaking out. How long did you uh, How long did you date before you got married? 
Uh, we've been together eight years, and oh. we got married when we did because it was when it finally became legal in New Hampshire. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think that's about that's when they did it too. Because I yeah, think because uh, me and my wife got married like a like a year and a half, two years after they did, which was funny. <laughs> but yeah, you don't now. You that's uh, you you are. I, I actually love that particular joke when you go. I'm not. <laughs> that's gay. Because we used to say it all the time. Like when I was. That's my generation. My generation is. We grew up. Everything was queer. You're queer, dude. You're queer. You're wicked yeah, queer. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> queer. That's gay. And there's this whole thing to change the meaning of words and everything. And I think it's it's ridiculous. Like, they go, oh, you can't... Like, the big thing is you can't say retarded now, which... Right. Uh, why? I don't I don't understand. It's just a word. It's not going to hurt your feelings. What, you know, but it, yeah. I, I love when you say, this is gay. You're a bad gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's funny, though, because people will get mad when sometimes when I call things gay. And I'm like, well, I am. Yeah. Like, calm down. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> But it is amazing. It's like sometimes you'll say a word and somebody in the audience will react to it. It's like, calm down. It's a comedy show, people. <laughs> you know, I've I've seen a lot of times uh, on comics, and maybe, maybe you've come across this, um, you know, in your act as well, in your experiences. Um, I've said, and I've said this for years, I don't care if a comic is straight or gay or bi or whatever. Um, my thing is if your act is overly overly sexualized, I've never cared for that. Yeah. And there's been other acts where like, it, it's like if a guy went up there and it's like, yeah, I was banging this chick. I was banging this chick. Or a girl's like, oh yeah, I was having sex with this guy, sex with this guy. It makes you feel uncomfortable. And I think it's not, it's not a straight gay thing. I think it's just a sex thing. People get uncomfortable by a lot of the conversation. If it's heavy handed that way, would, would you say that? I mean, cause you don't talk about, you talk about being gay because you talk about being gay, like being, a person it's not person, right. yeah you don't talk about it like it's a like it's a thing it's just part of it it's an integration which i think i think it's a part of your success because a lot of guys don't do that um yeah i think i think a lot of people want to throw it in your in your face or it's a little too it, it it becomes unrelatable at some point too where it's like if it's too like graphic or too this is what i am or too hostile i think you know and that goes for anything i think sometimes people if you know, people want to go out and have a good time, they don't want you to be hostile about what you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. or like, aggressive about it. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and I, I agree with it. I don't think it's a, it's a sexual thing or it's a, it's you know, a race thing or whatever, a religion thing or politics thing. I think if it gets too extreme, then it makes if it crosses that border. Like I don't think, I think people like to be entertained, and especially that joke. That's like, oh my god, that's you're actually. It's very. Uh, cathartic sometimes when people because people if they see the whole you know what is it angel wings and hot pants, hot pants yeah yeah angel wings and hot pants people look at that and go what the fuck is going on like you know um actually my friends uh my wife's uh, best friend um he's that same thing too i mean him and his partner they're both gay but they're not you know and i keep saying i go and i tell him i go dude you are like the straightest gay guy i've ever met I go, next right. to you, I look gay. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because he's like, oh, look at these, look at these, he call, he look, look, the queens over there. And I'm the same way. I'll, you know, if I'm in the North, then I go, oh, look at these guidos, look at these meatheads. You know, it's that, right. it's that same thing. You're of that, gra you're of that, you know, group. And you're like, can't you just get your shit straight? <laughs> so that <it> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, well, and there still is a bit of that, like in the media, you know, people think, 
gay, like, you know, being in New Hampshire and I play all over New Hampshire, I mean, not that there's not gay people everywhere, but, you know, I think sometimes in the media, they they see angel wings and hot pants. Yeah. And, you know, so they think, wait, that's what we're supposed to be doing, dude. <laughs> right, right. So I think, you know, you just, it's, it's kind of like getting people to realize, like, there's all kinds of levels of everything. There's all kinds of levels of straight, gay, whatever. <laughs> when did you uh, when did you start doing anything? Well, I know that like your your act is very experience based. Yeah. Um. So, when did you incorporate? Uh, you know, I guess being gay, your husband, things like that. When did you incorporate that stuff in your act? Did you get like night one, or did you kind of figure out how you wanted to integrate it? How did that happen? I think it, it pretty much took me about. It probably took about six months to a year to really start talking about that because I think for me the first six months were feeling out audiences and kind of looking what people were laughing at, yeah. and then and then realizing you have to have your voice in this or there you know somebody's going to call you on bullshit eventually. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, for me, it took that that amount of time just to get comfortable on stage and really to throw it out there. Um, and it is a very different world. I'm a little bit older, and, and you know, being at these bars and things, I always thought, oh, I shouldn't talk about being gay. But, like, people are cool with it now. And, yeah. you know, as long as you're funny about it, um, it you know, if I, if I were up there saying, I, I, you know, I'm going to go out in the parking lot and do you and this and that, <laughs> then they're not going to be comfortable with it. So. <laughs> but I think it's approachable, and it's me. And, and you know, I think they, they know it's just me being funny. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it worked. And I, I would imagine it was, I mean, see, I, I just, I like, I have, I have a half sister who's gay and I've got tons of friends who are gay and there are a lot of comics I know are gay. And just to, to come out on stage, like to come out must be torturous, you know, cause it's one of these things that maybe even nobody knows, or then you have to finally say it, but to actually say it on stage, that's a huge vulnerability. I would think. Yeah. You, you never know. I mean, like, one of the things that I always, you know, and I do joke about some reactions that I've had through the years, because you never know what people are going to, you know, what people are going to say. I've been in, I mean, you've done comedy. There are places where we do comedy shows that it doesn't seem like anybody's going to be safe, you know? Right. <laughs> so, or, you know, so you do have to kind of, um, you do have to kind of think about that a little bit. And one of the things I've always done is I kind of, I never start with it. I just kind right. of let people get to know me, and then I share a little bit more about myself. Yeah, um, and that's in the way you've placed it in your act. It's really uh, you you've strategically put it in a place that it's great to open it up when you do. Yeah, and it's kind of it's very well thought. Like I've really thought that out, you know, and and it's not like may have it be a trick and then I can kind of joke about it. Like, Oh, like you guys didn't know already. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of nice <laughs> the way it worked out. Yeah. I had to actually cut down some of the, uh, the Steve Katzo uh, set, but there's uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are, if you actually listen to the clips, if you got a chance, if you weren't distracted during the commercials and you got to listen to clips, I actually had to cut them down. There's way more funnier in there. And if you get a chance, definitely, um, you know, check out Doug cause your calendar is there. 
And uh, speaking speaking of calendar, before I uh, before I wrap to the calendar and stuff like that, um, this is a thing I like to do with all the comics and the actors and people in general. I uh, I like to play best, worst, and first. Um, where I think the first is the f- the, f- the only couple times comics have actually talked about the first. So you may be the first to talk about the best, worst, and first. So. And because it's best, worst, and first, which rolls off the tongue fairly easily, um, you, but you have to do it in the funny order, which is the the uh, first gig, best gig, and then worst gig. So okay. yeah, so tell uh, tell me in the listening audience, if, what was your first time on stage? Tell us about that. Uh, my first time on stage was at the um, Chef Scheme in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was their very first open mic. They still have an open mic there. Yeah. Um, and it was actually me talking a little bit about my wife and kids, because uh, I thought that's what people did. <laughs> what? What happened? <laughs> so I was talking about having a wife and kids. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, it was the jokes I wrote. It really made... They didn't know, I guess, but it was it was kind of funny, because I thought that's what comics did, was talk about their wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh, there were other funny. things in there, too, but luckily that I could salvage, but uh, I got over that pretty fast. <laughs> so what was it What was it like? In, uh, it was five minutes, right? Did you do five minutes or longer? It was, yeah, we did five minutes. Um, it was it, it was really nice because it was the first time, so nobody knew what they were expecting. Um, and I... I did the like the rookie mistake. I invited all of my friends. So pretty much every friend like that I had came that night. So it was really like an audience there that was rooting for me, um, which was good in a way because that way I kept going because I had a good experience. But yeah. It was bad in a way because I burnt my friends out really fast. <laughs> so, Sandy, Sandy wants to know if your husband knows about your wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. He was there. Oh, my God. Oh, he must have been going, what? <laughs> he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it was good that you had that, you know, all, all your family and friends there, and you had that positive experience as well, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I mean, I don't know how, like, I've seen a lot of comics do their first <laughs> time on stage, and it hasn't gone well. And and I applaud them for going back. It's, it's a hard <laughs> thing to go there anyway. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But. Yeah, it's tough when it sucks. <laughs> I remember I was hosting the uh, I was hosting the Comedy Vault in Boston uh, for Dick Doherty, and before I took it over, uh, they were randomly just rotating people, and I got to host it for like three or four months in a row. And yeah. uh, Greg Bogus, who I love, Greg, and he was been on the show. Greg would just go around going, "Okay, you're next. Okay, you're next." He wouldn't talk to anybody. And there was one guy who was going up for the very first time, and Greg didn't ask. He didn't know. He put him on dead last. And it was fucking terrible for this guy. And I said to Greg, I go, do you know this is his first time? And he goes, oh, oh, no, I didn't know that. And I was like, yeah, oh, no. he's never going to do it again. Because it was like five or six people in the audience and it was like 1130. But it, it's always it's always tough to, oh, the first time I see guys going up now. And I'm like, they're just, they just fucking, they're animals. They just don't care. So I can't imagine going up anymore. So that was your first time. And then, that was uh, my first time. did you go? Uh, did you go up the next week, or did you wait a bit? I went up the next week and kind of like I, I, I was wise and I videotaped, mm. kind of went through everything that worked, um, and kept the stuff that worked, and then added stuff that didn't. So I went back the next week, and then um, when I was new, I was pretty much I was getting out there, so I, I would mm. go out 
uh, often. So, um, and it, the second week didn't go as well, and so <laughs> I'm glad it went the other. It was the other way around. I'm glad the first time was good. Yeah, you would have <laughs> just stopped doing it altogether. And yeah. uh, how about your uh, how about your best show? Five years, you must have a few I, easily. I you know I have a few. I think like, there's some rooms that I just love. Um, like headliners in Manchester is a room that I seem to always like do well in, and yeah. it's usually a nice, like, pretty decent sized crowd, and it's a good um, good room. I um I I like the Doherty clubs um, in mm-hmm. Worcester and Boston because those are nice full comedy rooms. Um, probably my best or my favorite of all time would, would be I did the um. A show at comics at Foxwoods, and it was it was just really nice because they have a green room yeah, there. In the back. So you go in the back. There's a green room. They give you water. They give you things. You can relax, you know, and kind of get in your own space. Um, and the stage and the room are just set up for comedy. It's a huge stage, mm. um, so you can really walk around. Um, and, and it's kind of like any theater shows because they have those green rooms. They have those spaces. Um, I, like I love this this, this theater shows, um, the Colonial Theater up in Bethlehem, New Hampshire, was a great show too because yeah. you have it seems so professional. I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> a lot, there's something a that lot definitely of lends it. Isn't. Yeah, <laughs> most of the time it's in a bar and you're in front of a window and you know or there's a neon sign somewhere. And yeah, yeah you- there's no chair for you and you're <laughs> sitting with people and you're you're pretending you're not a comic because they're going to see you on stage in five minutes. <laughs> it, it's a weird situation usually with comedy, right? Um, but yeah, stage is a. A stage feels like it, it, you, when you're on the stage that big and you see the people in the rows and the balconies and everything, you get that I made it feeling, even though you have it. You just get that this is what it's supposed to be like all the time, right? <laughs> exactly. You just feel like a pro. You feel like, and I love the stage. Like, I love when there's a dedicated stage. I mean, a lot of times we don't even have a stage space. Some t- shows are on floors and you're at the level <laughs> and I just love being able to walk on a stage and just the freedom that it gives you mm. um, you know and, and some of the old theaters you do think of, I do because I'm a bit of a cornball I think of the history that's there um, you know or, or places that I've gone like I love going to Tupelo and Londonderry uh, that's a great comedy room it is because um, it's a great room to begin with plus I love going there because I think about all the bands I've seen there so I, I mm. just like going there um, as a patron too yeah so. well it's funny you mention that there was a I did a room it was Cumston Hall and it was way up in Maine and I can't remember the I can't remember the town to save my life, but it was this, it was a theater that was like built in like 1860 and like you, you just on the stage and like the wood is so old, you like the stage, you walk in the stage and it creaks the, the yeah. you know, the seats in the audience, you know, that, that red thick velvet and they've never changed them. Um, and they're like, they're some, they're all matted and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you get there and you feel that. How many people have been on the stage? What shows have been done? How many people have watched these shows? You know, you think about all that. You get very nostalgic. And I think that's why it feels, you know, huge. That's why it feels like it's that's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Feels like you're somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like you're somebody. Well, that's a good segue. Speaking of feeling like somebody, tell us about your worst gig <laughs> ever. Uh, my, I think... 
my worst gig, well, generally speaking, when I think of worst gigs, um, any campground show is horrible for me. Really? Um, I am not a big fan of campground shows because I like, I like a stage and I like, I like to the walls around me. Anything that's outside, I feel very uncomfortable. I would have never figured that. Cause yeah, that, that bothers me. I don't know really? why uh, it throws me off a little bit. Um, but it, that, so usually I don't do well if it's outside, but, um, <laughs> my least favorite show is, is when they don't tell you, like when they don't tell you all the details first and you get to a show and <laughs> then you have to start thinking about what you're doing. Cause I think my least favorite show I ever did was just a few weeks ago. I got there, the guy in front of me, all of a sudden people were getting very nervous. And there was a, I was featuring, so there was an opener and like right before I go on, they say, we were really mad at the opener cause you guys are supposed to be perfectly clean. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? <laughs> and so you walk on stage, like it was the worst show because you walk on stage with like, oh, this is what I'm going to say and you guys are going to love me. And then every word out of your mouth, you're like, what is perfectly clean to these people? Right. What is it? <laughs> so I think that was my, those shows are awful. Um, you know, if there's, you know, sometimes there's weird limitations. Like I did a show where they're like, don't talk about texting and driving, which I'm like, okay, if I had a joke about that, I could get rid of it. But right. that whole like, <laughs> like language limits are very odd to me because yeah. it means so much different. You don't want to offend people because they're paying money and you don't want to offend the owners. And, and we're, you know, we work for somebody else who usually isn't there. Um, and so it's a weird business now. Well, a lot of com I've worked with a lot of comics, especially uh, a lot of guys have worked up in the uh, you know the Canadian comics. I've mm -hmm. talked to them. I go, oh yeah, do you do this? They go, no, I don't do it. If I do it, they know. And I go, well, what if they want your work clean? And they're like, no, no, I do my act, and that's it. They knew me when they hired me, and I'm like, why would you not be a little flexible? I mean, you know, I understand you got your your moral high oh, yeah, ground, absolutely. your artistic intention, but you know, there's also a paycheck if you can take out the word fuck out of your act and you can make an extra eight, nine grand a year. Doesn't that make sense to do that? You're not compromising who you are. You are just not saying the word at specific events. So yeah, usually, cause usually as long as you know, you can clean it up. Um, you know, or, or you can say to the, you can ask questions. Like most people will tell you, like, you know, this is what we don't want to hear or that, you know, yeah. um, it, it's when you don't know. <laughs> well, I had, uh, I had done the, uh, what was that theater in like Natick for, uh, Mike Smith. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's great, but the, the demographics are 50 and up. That's the demographics. And he's like, Mark, you gotta be really clean. You gotta be really clean. I go, yeah, I can do it. He goes, you can't do your closing bit. And I go, what the big vagina? No, you can't, you can't do the big vagina joke. You can't do it. And I was like, yeah, I can. And he goes, no, no, please don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Mike, fine. I'll don't worry about it. So I went up there and I was I was clean and I yeah. I did the joke, but I did the joke in such a way that it was ex it, like me not being able to say it was even funnier than being able to say it. Um, so it's like that. And Mike and I come off stage and Mike goes, I can't believe you did that. And I go, yeah, I told you I was going to do it. But I like when there's. Uh, when there's some restrictions or there's some not restrictions, I should say, um, there's some complexities to it. Cause then it's kind of interesting. Like you yeah, say, then you have to think about it. Yeah. Like you say, don't like the campgrounds thing, but 
to me, the campgrounds is like even like all the places I've played that were campgrounds, and they're all steam gigs. There, um, the 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 Cold Springs. There's the uh, the one near uh, Rochester. Um, uh, he's got like two or three others, and every time I have a ball. I can't believe you don't though. I know it's crazy. They're not my thing. <laughs> the man <laughs> needs walls. I like old folks' homes. Right. Those are nice. Retirement communities are fun. <laughs> do you, do you play? Do you have you done that before? I I do. Um, I love them because I, I think they find me shocking, um, but in a good way. Yeah. Because for that generation, I, you know, I think they're they're cool with the gay stuff, but it's like. They're not used to people like talking about it because that generation still doesn't as much. Right. Um, so I actually really like them because I think you know they find me kind of interesting in a good way. Well, I've <laughs> I've done I've done elderly housing as well, and it's it was during the day, so it's like great, and it's of course it's like seven hundred million degrees in there for some <laughs> yeah yeah that's reason. usually different yeah. But yeah, I mean I've had I've had eighty year old women hook up like try to hook out with me just going. <laughs> Like I'd be like, hey everybody, we're gonna we're gonna do a comedy show. We're gonna start in a little bit. And she's like, I'm in room one twelve, and I'm like, that is impossible. That is not gonna happen. <laughs> and then she's like, I just I was I was seeing that man over, and I'm like, there's this inter dating inside. It's like weird. It's like Big Brother with you know Ben Gay. It's like the strangest hey, shit. It's uh, odd, but they're there to have a good time. They are, and they do. <laughs> and if they got a lot of them, got their shit straight, and they're like, "Yeah, they'll just." I had a woman heckling me, but she was funny heckling. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're, they're there saying. to have a good time. It's fun. Uh, I, I love them. <laughs> so, speaking of that, Doug, you're. Uh, are you playing anywhere? Are you? What do you got? What do you got big coming up? Before I let you go, what do you got uh, over the next few weeks, next few months, so uh, my really, listeners can tune into you for? Uh, throwing out September this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, I'm at Dick Doherty's. Uh, Comedy Den down in Boston. Good and room. Then, right? that, it's, yeah, that's a great room. Looks like a dance club in there, so yeah. it's fun. <laughs> it totally <laughs> does. It's got nice walls. You'll love it. <laughs> it's got white couches, people. White it, couches. It does, yes. <laughs> and it's got glass glass tables and thin tops. Yeah, it's crazy in there. It's, 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 it's a little uh, it's a little dance dancerific. And uh, September 19th, I'll be at um, the barn in Ames Gray, Mass. Um, oh, nice! Which is a great, which is a great show. I Fantastic, was there with, uh, Lou Ramey, I think. Oh yeah, Lou, Lou's going to rip that place to shreds. Have oh, you yeah, worked with great. her before? I haven't, but I did. I do remember seeing him on um, Last Comic Standing. I think he yeah. came in, like fifth the year he was on, or something. Yeah, so he's I've seen him very funny, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's trying to get laid constantly, even though he brings his girlfriend. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Open relationship. That's it. Who knows? If it if works, it works for them. if it works, <laughs> not my cup of tea, but if that's fine. Um, yeah, these actually, crazy kids. Well, it kind of is my cup of tea, but my wife's probably got objection. Actually, I don't feel like I don't feel like any of that. I'm just tired. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. But Doug, man, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, definitely check out. Doug Blay, uh, one of New Hampshire's funniest comics, rolling around, and as he said, he'll be at the uh, he'll be at the comedy down down in Boston. So if you're in this area, you can go see him. And then, of course, he'll be up in the Amesbury area coming up next week. And so, uh, Doug, thank you so much for being part of Radio Irregardless, and uh, I'm so sure I'll see me. you, my friend. All right, thanks. All right, have a great night. You too. All right, bye. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Doug Blay. Very, very funny guy uh, out of New Hampshire. And he's uh, telling you, just the last time we worked together, he just, he burned up the room. It was fantastic. And he did not wear the uh, angel wings and uh, gay pants, uh, hot pants, hot pants gay. Angel wings and hot pants gay. (laughs) Angel wings. I think Hooters sells those, don't they? Angel wings. (laughs) I don't know if they do. They might, uh, but I just checked on the uh, I checked on the uh, the board. There is no email and there is no phone call, so that means we get to wrap up a little bit early tonight, my ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and here's what I'm going to be doing over this weekend. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, September fourth, I will be at Murphy's Pub right here in my own backyard. Uh, where the th- I know that if I'm ever looking for adventure, I don't have to look anything further than my own backyard. There we go. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Doug. Doug said, Doug said, thanks, everybody. Oh, by the way, Doug got his ass handed to him by the audience when it comes to the game. It was a shutout. Audience has never been that good. Um, or the guest has never been that bad. I don't know. It's uh, six of one, shoes on the other foot. <laughs> Here you go. So uh, I'll be at uh, Murphy's Pub in Salem, Mass. tomorrow night telling some jokes there. Friday night, I will be, uh, September 5th, I will be at the aforementioned Tupelo Music Hall in Londonderry, which is a fantastic room. Uh, I'm really looking forward to being there. And then uh, this Saturday night, um, Saturday, uh, September 6th, I will be emceeing Salem's Best Chef at Ames Hall, and again in Salem, um, where it's, they're going to do kind of a, not a ch- almost like a chopped, but something like that, where the local chefs, uh, the local Salem chefs, restaurants, are going to, there's going to be four of them, and they're all going to cook a meal, and then they're going to be voted Salem's Best Chef, and um, I get to eat. I'm not judging because that would be I would be impartial, and if I eat the food, I'm like, yeah. So I'll be in seeing that event, um, kind of the um, Alton Brown, uh, Ted, what's his name from Chopped, where I kind of get involved and I say something funny every once in a while, and hopefully I'm funnier than Alton Brown and um, Ted <laughs> from what is it? Uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, guy. I don't I don't remember what that show was, but that's what he was doing. So. That's what I got going on. And, of course, always getting ready for uh, the uh, the Salem Show, the real Salem Show, one-man show. Um, if you want to be a sponsor or a guest or anything like that, you can email me, radioirregardless at gmail.com. Call the hotline, 978-219-9294. Next week, we'll be back live where my guest will be Dan Crone. I am Mark Scalia. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you. This has been Radio Irregardless, hosted by Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoy. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live from Salem, Massachusetts via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests, courtesy of Skype, and all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme music, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises, and copyrighted 2014. Thank you for listening. And finally, anyone who uses the terms irregardless, a whole nother, or all of the sudden, shall be sent to a work camp.